Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that I had this free time, I thought I would talk right down to earth in a language here that anyone and everyone and their brother's mother can understand. Welcome to the first ever afternoon edition of Wrestle Radio Network. Now please, by all means, hit the worldwide anthem. Dig it. Wrong button. Hit it right, Nitwits, please. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to that in a language that everybody here can easily understand. shows before Money in the Bank, NXT, AE Dynamite, which pizzas definitely cover, and flip side of One Hot Week, it's Pizza's turn, and of course, all uncensored, please and gentlemen, please welcome to the show my very, very real and consistent I mean, no, you gotta be consistent. You just have to be when you're on this show. Wrestle Radio Network, please welcome <coughs> the cough. Pizza Simpsons. Oh, thank you for the wonderful intro. I am back from vacation. Pizza Simpson in the building. Let's talk some wrestling, buddy. Yeah. Uh, first item, the agenda. Let's stick to the addendum, shall we? I mean agenda. Not addendum. My my vocabulary is off today, folks. All right, so WWE, the take-home before Money in the Bank. And let's be honest. <clears throat> I've, I've got some question marks, as usual, and I'm not talking about just one match or one in particular. I love I'm it, bro. talking about the validity of Ah, uh, uh, the live conversion, or would you want my for the re? Because I watched, but I gotta tell you, the re version was a lot better without the commercials. Uh, it's not bad. I mean, it's not, the stories are not 
squad, they're getting a little better. They're getting a little crisp because they realize they have an audience. Um, let them know. I don't know if this is going to be brutally honest to be honest with you, but um, I uh, I watched the replay on Hulu. I watched the live action Raw. I, I fell asleep through half because I work folks. Made a Friday job, so um, I pull my notes and find out. Here we are. Okay. So, oh, that's <laughs> okay. So, I'm I've got to tell you, McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Wow, uh, a, a rivalry that didn't exist. But uh, I'm just gonna point this out. Well, actually, Santa Helena's week. Blah blah blah. Okay, where's my notes? Got here somewhere. Okay, so okay, Xavier Woods and Bobby Lashley had a match, and they fixed up Bobby Lashley. So interesting. I um I had another thought that I seen that coming, but I guess it's a good before money in the bank. Uh, um, let's see here. Kingston was at ringside, folks, and I'm not surprised because you got to have involvement with Kingston, involvement with MVP. So, really, honestly, didn't care. Honestly, I know it's Raw's bread and outside of McIntyre, but I didn't care. So, moving on. So, gender. Paul somehow pops his head this story, which most of us would be like, it's about damn time. But into what relevancy is Jinder Mahal and all likely gets involved with his buddy, McIntyre, which they're short, nothing short of being buddy-buddy, according to this. No, to McIntyre is backstage, right? He called him Hall, he wire, six Scottish act, fucking dude. And then McIntyre basically trashes the bike uh, in the hall. And I'm like, wow, I don't care. So moving forward, it was very, I don't know. To me, it just seems flat, very cookie cutter tight. I even wrote that in my notes. Austin versus Nikki Ash versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, um, uh, it was definitely one of the interesting matches on Raw, and they only uh, started off go with her drop kick. It's a nice drop kick, Tommy does. And then uh, we have Eve Free and Do Drop. They got involved, but somehow they didn't really have a payoff, which makes no sense. So. <laughs> Somehow, Oscar's jobbing to everyone and everyone, including Nikki Ash. No, Nikki Frost. That's exciting. Save my rants for off the rails because if I start something now, which I started during watching this show, by the way, because it's terrible. It was because wow, you could have done better here. Wow, and it took a lot. But anyway, digress. <laughs> But let's see here. 
this is all pretty much Alexa Bliss. You know what I'm saying? She, yeah. She basically, she essentially is making things better because you know, even Bree's worthless. I'm not sorry for saying that. She's been worthless ever. Next she still doesn't know how to do shit. Dewdrop is literally carrying her ass. She's getting a lot of praise from Vince. And there's been reports outside of my rant raving about that. So, um, anyways, AJ Styles versus Carr. Ivar, sorry. And it's like, uh, I can see how Ivar would beat AJ Styles, said no one ever, which is, I like, like confusing. But AJ's even. Which one is Ivar, bro? Huh? Which one is Ivar? Ivar, see, I'm, I believe he's the, he's the one with beard and the actual set of hair. Eric, ah. is the one that's, uh, yeah, see, Eric's the one with the ball. Yeah, they both have war paint, so the way I distinct them is Ivar is the one with the full-on head of hair, and Eric's the one that's married to uh, Sarah Logan. So that's the right that's outside of being family. Yeah, but that that's just my distinction between the two. I miss them being known as the War Raiders, damn it. Because I like Ivar, don't get me wrong. It, it just confuses the fuck out of me that AJ Styles loses to him. I mean, can you explain? Can the booking team outside of Vince explain why Ivar went over AJ? Can anybody fucking explain that? That's been competing in WWE for years. I even wrote this in my notes. There's a point. This match because because they probably want you to think that Ivar is gonna go over on the. They probably think that Ivar is gonna go over at the pay per view, and this way when AJ wins and the heels win the win the uh, win their match, you know it's a big swerve. I. I don't, you know what? It's fine. I've lost touch with Raw and the force myself to touch that shit. Um, it wasn't bad. It just me, you know, like, I watched the entirety of the match. I was like, okay, I get where they're going with it in retrospect or some aspect of it. It just, whoever's realizing, oh, you guys are an audience, so fine. And I'm moving before I get too out of touch with my own self. So, uh, it wasn't a fun little match. Who the fuck? I'm reading. I copied and pasted, dude. This is my analysis. So, fun little match, my fucking ass, dude. No, it wasn't. It was bullshit. I'm moving on before I get too wrapped up in this shit. Eric versus almost. Um, yeah, no. I'm not going to touch that match. I got upset. I watched it and I about exploded. Uh, um, and I, I this nicely. Almost is the clumsiest big dude outside of Great Cully. Great Cully was a okay. He, he's used, <laughs> the only giant that actually fucking wrestled outside of the big was probably the giant Kevin Nash. I can name a few more uh, King Kong Bundy, but I you know I digress. So. Viking, that's just versus Umberto. Not even that one. Thank you. Uh, so, pretty much, Ricochet, person. Okay, these two can put on a good show. 
But I right, will the flippy, flippy shit. I don't mind Ricochet's flippy, flippy shit. What do I mean? John Morrison's flippy, flippy shit. And what do I mean by this? They're both high flyers. Both match, base, falls count anywhere, right? Right? So, involved, big, big, there. Um, I also think a person's head into an Elliot Green. Uh, this is still a mess that kind of, wow, they're actually using outside elements range. 50, two count, so then, right. Matt Riddle tripping over the chair cracked me the fuck. Not gonna lie, that that one just made me think. Okay, so <laughs> Morrison ladder and you know puts Ricochet through it. It's a splash and one two three. So that match actually made me know, all right because you have a lot going on, but at the end there's a so whomever those two bases carried this rest of the entire show. Oh, okay. Rhea Ripley versus Natalia. I knew Sharp was going to get involved, so it's this kind of match. So it wasn't terrible. I knew Sharp was going to get her involved in there somewhere. Because, you know, Lord only it's like, you can't not have because Natty Back to her, but I she's boring. Okay. I, I I swear, think about her that's less enticing than Brett because I tried her as women's champion. It didn't quite. Work. Now she's a team champion just because. I like Natty and Tamina, but a kind of for you to tears of this. Charlotte Flair gave a eight on the paper in the Ripley. You play up the angle. Of Feud between Rhea and please God don't look for me to tears. Please, Becky Lynch interfere. Bank, please. He's pretty please. Okay, now I um the new day versus Bobby Lashley. Why we classify them as new day? It's not the new day without Biggie. Come on now. Okay, I wrote that in my well so in, emphasis. Okay. Lashley's upset. Go, go figure. And then MVP, so he, you know, said, King said, oh, you're me being soft, blah, blah, blah. And lastly, hate that. And then Lashley grabs the mic and said, I'm going to destroy you and your career. Money in the bank. I don't know how much that holds true. Well, I'm going to go down, folks, but if you want to tune in to Money in the Bank, you can do so. Uh, subscribing to the Peacock app, and it's only four ninety nine, so essentially $5. So, I'll half of the bank, and I'll go on record by saying it's not going to be worth it, just raw. Two parties involved, or two shits involved at Raw and Five and their respective brand to get a briefcase on top of there, or high above them as a suspended briefcase instead of the contract. It pulled down that contract. Choose to cash in when 
see fit. Who made that famous? And no one can ever forget it. But also famous on, uh, on well, let's see, Cena, Undertaker. Oh, there's more, folks. There's more. But I digress. So now, before I get sidetracked, I'm going to give the brief synopsis of SmackDown. So they were in front of a live in Texas. In Houston. It was nice not seeing monsters for a change. I'm so thrilled, man. So much better. Those monitors, I tell you. <clears throat> I've got to go in order, though. I tend to uh, get sidetracked by what's going on. Due to, I'm going to tell you right now, my match on the whole entire card was Bianca Belair and Carmella. So, biased because I think that Carmella surprisingly you know, put together with Bianca and it was Dominating the whole entire time, switching, whirling around, shaking the booty. I'm telling you, it was a match. And there was a side of Otis, you know, just what a little. So, Can we hear me now, folks? I'm sorry if I'm so. I'm having technical issues. Oh. Anyway, I apologize, folks, for the technical difficulties here on Russell Radio Network. I'm going to pause ten seconds for station identification. Be right back. Right after these crazy nights, I'm going to be sure to tune in Wednesday and Friday. Um, be right. Okay, so just in 10 seconds of identification. All right? Good. Better now, folks. On the other end, am I breaking up? What? Co- that sounds better, bro. Okay, let me test this out here. Okay, can you hear me now, or is it bad? Just uh, just go on a stream, and I'll tell you if it's how it sounds. Okay. So, sunlight. Didn't really have ups and downs. This was a very good show. Could you hear me there? Could you hear me anywhere? You're good. Okay, cool. So, SmackDown Live essentially was not over the top. Kevin Owens got involved with uh, Baron Corbin, uh, GoFund Baron Corbin. Hilarious. And um, I think it's a good angle angle to his character, substance. And, uh, even though I don't 
I, I think that it's kind of I mean, they sold out. I'm pretty sure tarp in uh, the Toyota Center, if I'm not mistaken, because that thing wasn't completely full. Although there's 14,123 14, in attendance in, in the Toyota Center, because there's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be sold out in Fort Worth. I have a feeling it is because people have to show. So the take home actually features Rollins. It's four way with Kevin Owens and. Oh man, it was like NXT except for minus one party, and that's Samoa who's getting ready to gear up to face Karrion uh, Cross. It's, it's kind of weird, and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna spend too much time on SmackDown Live, other than Bianca Belair, Carmella, you two. Um, I that it's hard, you know, when Bailey that's because there's big. Apparently, she tore her AC during training, and it's because people can hurt no matter getting their in. Doesn't matter whether it's training, or whether it lies. Doesn't matter if the house they are going. I don't know if they're going to keep regimen, but anyway. So on Smack Live, I'm going to my focus towards a few things. One, the fact that they're teasing some of Joe's in return because Karrion Cross attack him, so that the provocation did get. So, I don't know final chapter between Kylo Rock and Adam Cole, but I'm getting sick of that shit. Can we please not do that anymore? I mean, a lot of people go back to what crowds might want. It may not depend on the next president. Oh, well, who gives them? Um, at the same, they're missing a lot of pieces on that brand. There's a lot of people care for what it is. I mean, you've got NXT UK. Oh, type now NXT UK Alistair Black which I'm assuming that's where he wants to go but my will touch base that I just want to point out one thing uh, to know okay Finn back piece of carry Cross like no can we please that shit and Gargano and Cross if you want my opinion that Entire match bad, but Gargano fucking that whole shit. He that ship said as it was cross. I'm just gonna fucking cross is not that great of a word, but my god, man, I I think if you got owners, man, sure that Vince probably took a look and said, hey, consider just you know take a look at him and. Bronson Reed were looked at on on televised show. I don't know. I forget the name of the show. Not because they don't have that anymore. But the day before, and when I have validity or any times with what the connection between Samoa Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed, Samoa supposedly reported. We don't know the time frame. None of the sort do him getting back ring competition but there are talks about him winning the NXT championship which would really help Smojo driving not in this corporate role um, there's a few things like a help and being baby and have to be but it most definitely capacity the competition 
to be thinking. Also, Cameron Grimes, LA job, you just, uh, little story with the Zaya and whatever on that lady, and, uh, the dude who one of the vampires played Boa. I really get sick of that story. I don't care. I think it's retarded. I honestly think really want to enhance in it the entire brand. This is not just a it's just this is just observation, okay? If you need to make <laughs> valued, get rid of Joseph, put him in NXT Bay Beseech for Nello to come back. Even Percy for that matter too. Because some excitement from the the commentating crew, someone would be watching like we because Beth Phoenix respect you as a professional, um, but commentator, fuck no, I I don't. I quit you. The word that you found in the dictionary alleviate the literacy from some. And two, weight lower than molasses comes to emphasizing it's hard to watch your show, which is why my partner will take AEW Dynamite fairly quickly, but I figure here. So the ratings proof from folks ratings are low for NXT. Uh, sometimes you don't have their comfort zone for the time. So NXT's episode average 105,000 viewers with a 0.22 rate 18 to 49 graphic. Viewership was an increase. Never mind, I spoke too soon. It was an increase from previous things. So actually less than I remind. This week, okay. Okay, so you, you want to move on, bro, and talk about the pay-per-view? Oh, yes, Money in the Bank. Uh-huh. I found my note. Thank you, thank you for reminding me. I got I get get distracted, get... folks. Thank it's okay. Let me tag in for you, brother. I'll fucking help out. Uh, Money in the Bank 2021, Mysterio versus Usos for the SmackDown tag belts. How do you think that's going to go, big dog? Uh, you know, I, I don't people be because of what's going on with Jimmy, so I go with the mistake on this one. Uh, they're probably going to retain championships because it would be bad fucking business move. Maybe it's a good business move to have the Usos win. I'm, but I'm going to go uh, the Mysterios by tenfold. And Dominic. Yeah. Me too. I like that. I, I like that too. I think it's a bad idea. It would be a bad look to put the tag belts on the Usos with everything that's going on right now. And I can understand, you know, they got – they're in kind of a pickle right now because it's a high – it's a high high main event storyline, so I see WWE's predict you know predicament, but I see uh, Mysterio's taking that, and yeah, I see Ricochet, I see um, motherfucking um, um, 
the kid hitting the fucking frog splash. Okay, next up for the Money in the Bank, it's Ricochet, Morrison, Drew versus Big E versus Nakamura versus Seth. You know, off the top, you know, the 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 logical person wants to go Drew for me, but personally I think it's gonna be Big E. But I'm I'm always just in the back of my mind, I always think that WWE takes their time pulling the trigger on people, and I really do think that Big E needs that that thing to just pull the trigger on, and I wouldn't mind seeing him being pushed to the next level. What do you think about that Money in the Bank match, bro? Big E to, to the next level. If you're going to elevate Buddy, you need to put Some people really in that company, like you said, people pulling trigger. No need to be safe on this one. If you go Rails opinion on this one, I'm gonna make logical fucking choice because if they four fucking tired Rollins, you're gonna hear a chorus of boots. Yeah, I think like Seth, like, doesn't need it, and he could always be just slid into any main event slot. So I think this would be a good opportunity to push somebody to the next level. I think Ricochet and Morrison will definitely do some wacky-ass spots. And this is going to – I think this is a good match. On paper, I think this is a good book match. So who do you think is going to take – who do you think is going to take this big dog? I think – I'm. To be honest with you, I'm going to say, was it Big Yeah, Biggie. You're going to go with Biggie too? That's what's up. Um, okay, for the ladies, for the ladies' money in the bank, we got Asuka, who's always good for um, big match feel. Naomi, who's pretty dope in my opinion. Alexa Bliss, who's hot right now. And Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash or whatever. Lick, um, Liv Morgan, not Lick Morgan, um, Liv Morgan, who's dope, uh, versus Selena Vega's in that shit, Natty and Tamina. You know, going with WWE logic, I think they'll just put it on Alexa Bliss, but who I want to win is Liv Morgan, because I think she's always just getting better and, like, having these good matches, and that's who I want to win. But logically, I'm going to go Alexa Bliss. I think that if they were smart, they would go with Alexa Bliss. For shock value, maybe Liv Morgan. But I think that a lot of people would turn off their TVs unless she's attached to uh, Ruby Riot or Sarah Logan, then no. I'm not taking anything away from her. I think Liv's a good talent, but it's just weird. It's so fucking weird from her, like, solo career. She's getting better, like you said, and she's not, um, it's not terrible. I mean, look, the logic is something, sounds a little something like this. So, I've always been a fan of Alexa Bliss, and the old co-host who used to run this show knows I've been a fan. Not just because she's, like, unpredictable with her character it's the fact that you want to 
if you're a promoter or if you're a fan, even if you're a casual, you want to see someone that's like white hot, someone that everyone cannot stop talking about. They're like, oh, did you see what she did to Nia Jax and Reginald? Or, oh, did you see what uh, she did with Shayna? Like, dude, like it's nonstop, like amongst not just WWE fans, even the AEW folk will sit there and say, oh. Alexa Bliss, I like her, even though I don't watch it anymore. They fucking mention her name, so yeah, there you know she's good. So yeah, we both agree that uh, Alexa Bliss is going to take that one. Um, For the WWE title, we got Kofi Kingston taking on Bobby Lashley. Um, Seeing what I saw with Bobby Lashley being disheveled and looking frustrated with the whole MVP lifestyle. I expect him to come into this match with a lot more aggression, but Kofi is a crafty veteran, so I expect this to be an excellent match, but I definitely think going into WrestleMania, going into SummerSlam, I think that um, Bobby Lashley is going to retain this title over Kofi Kingston. I... 100% 100% agree with my partner in crime because why they already saw what happened <clears throat> with Lesnar and Kingston. It was a fucking horrible squash. So, logically speaking, we want to piss off fans, do we? So with Lashley retaining all the way up until that time frame until we have the shit-tastic setup of Roman Reigns, Lesnar, Lashley. Oh, yes, folks, I'll, I'll reveal something later. But <clears throat> pizza is correct. Lashley will retain. Yeah. I uh, I think that'll be, in my opinion, I think that'll probably be the match of the night. I think that'll definitely deliver. I personally don't like when Bobby, Bobby Lashley talks, but I think he deliver, he's been delivering in these matches and been delivering in a tough time and been delivering in, you know, delivering in the pandemic era. I think he's been a good WWE champion. I may not watch, I may not watch um, active WWE, WWE television, but I do keep up with the pay-per-views. And I really enjoy him as a champion. Moving on, though, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the millionth time. Um, personally, I can see Charlotte Flair winning this match and holding the belt till SummerSlam and then losing it to Rhea Ripley solely on the logic when I personally feel that WWE doesn't have anything for two people. They just have them feud and just do this. One of your favorite phrases, that 50-50 booking where they just trade wins back and forth. And I think the logic would also to be get Rhea Ripley multiple title reigns so they could say, oh, she's a five-time women's champion. So, but also, you could, I could say, I could see Rhea winning, but it's WWE, so who knows what their stupid-ass bullshit. What do you feel, bro? I feel that there's got to be something involved for SummerSlam because I, I sneak, I have this sneaky feeling about Becky Lynch. I really do. Yeah. Because she's me too, bro. She's been tweeting. Yeah, she's been tweeting about you know not just UFC, 
she'll get, you know, her jollies in, you know, by messing with Charlotte. Because we all know that Becky and Charlotte have this long withstanding feud, okay? Unfortunately, <laughs> thanks, Bailey, for getting hurt during training. I had a feeling they were going to add a little for everyone and their brother's mother wants to see it. The four horsewomen. Imagine Bailey, Becky, Charlotte. And I forget, okay, so that's Sasha. I, I think without those four women right now, if they're in, not involved, it's kind of hard putting together, like you said. If they don't have any other feuds building for them, they kind of are going to play hot potato with the title. So it's just like, okay, fans are going to get pissed that Rhea loses, but, you know, that's life, folks. I'm going to pick Yeah, Charlotte. bro. Yeah, bro. We got a couple more matches on this pay per view, so we got eight we got AJ Styles and um Osmosis Jones versus the Viking Raiders. Um the raw tag team titles are pretty much dead and they never really mean anything unless the new day is really holding them. That's what I think. And I see I see AJ and Osmosis Jones keeping this belt, keeping those belts, and AJ doing a bunch of work and bumping around like crazy, and Osmosis not falling down like a fucking redwood. I mean, I look at it like this. There's, I kind of view AJ and uh, Osmosis, or whatever the fuck you say the big dude's name. I view them like Sean and, Sean and Diesel. They'll do great until someone or something happens and elements will combust. And I don't know, man. I, I kind of have this sneaky, not sneaky feeling, but I have the suspicion that Osmos and AJ will eventually cut ties, but that's going to be the death of Osmos' career because, yes, he's big. But he's proven time and time again that he needs guides, like, you know, little points during the match, like, hey, put this here, do this here, type thing. So, anyways, right. I, to see with the match, I'm going to say they will retain, but maybe at SummerSlam or in all the way, maybe, I don't know. With audiences, dude, they're bound to lose that title, and the story's going to call for a backstabbing by either AJ or him. So, but for the current present-day fucking pay-per-view that WWE swapped together, I'm going to go with AJ Owens. Yeah, bro. Um, And then the main event, which I think should close out the pay-per-view, Edge versus Roman Reigns, which has been a fantastic feud. And I definitely do not see um, Roman Reigns losing that title, but I definitely think that's going to be a fantastic match. And I don't know what's next for Edge because I don't see Roman Reigns losing that belt anytime soon. But I don't know what's next for Edge, but I definitely think that that match is going to be a fucking slobber knocker in the words of in the words of the great Jim Ross big dog me I gotta you know what <clears throat> Edge and Roman you're not and despite many people's 
highly critical opinion of both. Yes, Roman took three years to change his entrance name. Yes, Edge came back and he gets the title opportunities. Why, folks? Because he's a there I'll give you a hint. They're both fucking draws for the company. Look how many times Edge and Roman have ended up on marquees. And two, if you have any disputes, questions, comments, concerns, you can do so by messaging us through Wrestle underscore radio on Instagram. You can message even Pizza live on air on his Instagram. Also, WrestleRating Network forward slash Facebook.com. This is just through Facebook if you'd like to inquire to be a guest on this show or call in the number at 213-943-3422. Cheap little segues and plugs. Okay, back to Edge and Roman. Roman Reigns. Man alive. Despite what people think, I think he's doing an excellent job as, as his new role, man. It does not fucking matter if he's heel or face. I like the guy. Edge, same thing. I've never really had any problem with what he's done throughout his career. So I agree with Pizza Simpson. I think it's going to be a great match. I think Edge is going to push Roman to his limits, but I do believe that one of the Uso brothers is going to interfere. Then somebody else is going to interfere. Okay. And I believe that it's going to be like one of those old, like, you're not going to be on the edge of your seats, Attitude Era style, but you're going to want to want more. That's the fucking goal that they're going for. And I don't know if, like I said, I keep, I want to review and reveal. But you know what, folks? We got to move on because Money in the Bank may not have any surprise cash ins because they got to save that shit for a pay per view. They can't just give it away. That would be too soon. Oh. They could do it if we had audiences, but, you know, I don't see anything special be- happening in that match over. Go ahead. I think it's going to be solid, bro. I think that's going to be a good match, but I just feel like that's just not going to really do anything other than just wrap the story up with Edge and Edge and Roman Reigns. And that's fine, because now you have a story that can complete people's mindsets of, ooh, it's the same old shit. Well, you're talking about it, ain't you? I mean, it's plain and simple. If you don't really think that that's going to happen, like, people are going to, because now we have audiences coming back despite the shit going on in the world, I'm not going to mention fucking news or politics ever, but despite what's going on, this keeps people's minds preoccupied with the shit that WWE keeps feeding you, despite you, like, some of you, but oh, you know, that's why I stick to AEW, okay, be one-dimensional, dude, okay, that's just... You stick to whatever you want, man. No, no qualms about it. Cool, but don't be an ass about it on my show, please. Thank you. So, if you got any questions and inquiries, please message us, but do not be disrespectful. That's all I ask. All right. Um, okay. Forward, let's get to forward. AEW. Let's let's use that as a segue to get into AEW. Um, you know, man, I watched AEW this week and. I actually enjoyed this show, and I honestly felt that this show was completely balanced, that 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 built well and ended well, and had, it was just, 
it was good. I I can't say anything bad about this AEW about this about this show, bro. Did you check? Did you see AEW this week? I caught bits and pieces of it when I could because I was like, I had to help my folks because they were going to airport for a family reunion. So I was also bringing in some of my stuff while watching it at the same time. But I thought, like you said, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, you and I differ on opinion, but like, it wasn't that. I, it just was in between for me. Let me, uh, I'll walk you through it, bro. I'll, I'll, uh, since you didn't see as much of it, um, the show started with John Moxley making his return, defending the IWGP U.S. title versus Carl Anderson. I really enjoyed this match. I think these guys are two evenly matched, evenly matched guys. And this was a great TV opener with Moxley picking up the win with his paradigm shift, bro. Did you see this match? Dude, it was, dude. I, I've always been a Moxley mark, so, like, yes, I did. Cool. That's what's up. Moving on. Go ahead. Yeah. What you, What do you say, brother? I was going to tell you, if he has a bad patch, it's because the fucker that was across from him didn't fucking put forth the best effort. So, just going to leave it as uh, Moxley does his best, and if you don't do your best with him, then... <sighs> Yeah, bro. I really think that that this was good, and Carl Anderson was a good opponent for him, and this match really delivered. And we got next up, we got a really strong promo from from Archer, and I really think this guy they need to pull the trigger with this guy, and instead of just holding him back in the the uh, you you know the IWGP title, the US title, and the TV title, I think he should be going for my for uh, Kenny Omega because Omega needs challengers and Archer's been just kind of dormant and he just looks like he's bored himself. Next up was Cage, uh, Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks for the FTW title. This was a long time coming and this actually delivered pretty well. Did you catch this one? Actually, no, I did not. That's fine. This was a good match, and you kind of felt that the the split from Team Taz was coming, and that's a, that's inevitably what happened at the end of this. And Ricky Starks won the Make Believe title, the F, FTW title, and that's good, I guess, because that's a that belt is not a recognized title, and Brian Cage is another person who's been kind of sitting dormant in his group. Cody, who's finally done with QT, had a good brawl with Malachi Black, and I'm really excited to see the former Aleister Black, the former Tommy End in AEW. I think he's an interesting personality, and I think that just getting him away from WWE is going to be a good step for him. 
The next next up, we had a really great fired up promo from Adam Page, who's next up, who's the next up challenger for Kenny Omega's AEW title. I'm really, really excited for this, and I'm glad that they're finally pulling the trigger with Adam Page and with their backstory. I think that this should make for a good match, bro. How do you feel? I I'm completely agreeing with you. Like I said, Kenny Omega, just um, he's cookie cutter. No man, Kenny Omega is not cookie cutter. I believe that yes, he does need a new challenge, and he does need a new opponent. Okay. Now whether they decide who, when, and where, that's the fucking question. Because I'm gonna mention this. AEW doesn't hesitate to pull the trigger, but boy, you know what they say. There's a difference between pulling the trigger at the right time, and then there's also the difference between pulling it too soon. Yeah. I agree with that, and I'm excited about seeing this, bro. I'm excited about seeing Adam Page, and I personally feel that if even if you don't like Kenny Omega, he gets a reaction, and if that is if that's the purpose, then that's a good thing. You know what I'm saying? No, I, it's not that I dislike Kenny Omega. I've actually met him at WrestleCon. He's a very nice dude, and he was kind of late getting to the table. Uh, that's a different story, but dude's really cool. I just think it's not him, dude. It's the company that he's in. That I've been, I've been saying this. They've added some great elements to their talent now with uh, Malachi Black and uh, El Idolo, uh, whatever, with Vicky Guerrero. Andrade El Idolo. You got Andrade it, bro. Idolo. But what I'm saying is, like, I think they have what they call the WCW Nitro Syndrome, which is they put all their cards on the fucking table and they don't even wait to hesitate. Say, oh yeah, we, you know, we got this going on. They gotten better, but I'm still on the fence about them on certain aspects. So we'll see. Yeah, bro. I think like personally right now, I think they could do a freeze on signing people like big names and just stick with what they have and just give guys a chance like they did Jungle Boy and give guys chances at these titles because if you're going to go with Kenny Omega, you got to give these guys matches against the top guys to make them. You got to start making these guys. And I, um, I like, I, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at what's going on. Moving on, we got a promo from Chris Jericho. I skipped that. And um, we had Christian Cage versus Hardy in a pretty good match. Um, Christian Cage picked up the win there, and Private Party jumped in. So um, that was pretty good, I guess. They brought it. You know, who I haven't seen Private Party in a long while. Oh, my goodness. So, I got a little something analogous to them. You ever mix Street Profits and Harlem Heat? Okay, that's Private Party with some of their style as a tag team. 
they're not bad. They obviously wouldn't be at that level if they weren't, you know, good either. So, um, <laughs> that team has got potential. And they're not. Yeah, bad. bro. Yeah, this, yeah. It's been so, a while since I've seen those two. Yeah, I like Private Party. I they're they like a lot of these talents that we don't see, they get kind of relegated to dark and dark elevation and I the one d- disappointment I feel is I feel AEW doesn't do a good job at pushing these shows. So a lot of this ta- a lot of these talents that we don't see are on these shows. So you have to be in the you have to be informed enough to go watch those programs on YouTube yourself. And moving on, um, we had a pretty awesome promo from Britt Baker. I enjoyed this. It was actually pretty fun. I like watching – I've liked watching her elevate herself from where she was, and she's gotten a lot better, and she looks really comfortable in this position. So what do you think? I know you've had – a different uh different opinion on Brit. So this was pretty good if you caught it. Um, like I said, I don't have a problem with her as a professional. It's just some of the shit that she does is kinda like eh, that's cute. Let me pick up a microphone and put you in your place, dear. That's exactly how I feel when I see her because it's like, you know how many women could actually pick up microphones and talk like her? Probably very few. So you got to give the girl or got to give the young lady credit. She does a really good job at building the person up and then carrying them down. That's what you're supposed to do. So in some you know, some aspects you have to not not have to not you don't have to like her. But at the same token, I've, I've seen people like her before. There's not a, there's not one Britt Baker in the world, except for maybe outside her character. Maybe there's like someone else named her. The point is, outside my fucking rambling show, if she's getting attention from guys like Scott Hall or Jake. And people are commenting like, wow, she's really good. So you know she must be doing something wrong. Yeah, bro. She's um she's stepped up her game and she's delivered in these big matches and her personality and her character has really developed really well. And when she did her catchphrase, the DMD, the crowd reacted to it, and that's what you really want. If the crowd's reacting that's good. Um, next up, we have Wheeler Yuta versus Sammy Guevara. And Wheeler Yuta stepping into a big position. Wheeler Yuta is um, a, hot indie ta- a hot indie talent right now who's really making a, a lot of noise and beyond wrestling. And he's defending the IWTV Championship with defenses over Lee Morarty and um, Willow Nightingale. So he was taking on Sammy Guevara. And it, this was a fantastic match. But this match was definitely what it should have been and shouldn't have gone longer than a few minutes with and Sammy picked up the win with his reverse like go to sleep type of thing and 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Did you catch this one? Not really, my friend. No problem. I'll carry this AEW report because this was not a bad show. QT had a dumb promo where he dumped a he dumped a protein shake on Tony Schiavone's head. Leave Tony Schiavone alone. And so we had our popcorn match. Penelope Ford took on the returning Yuka Sakazaki. I'm sorry, but I wasn't paying attention because I was watching puppy videos for a second. So I'm pretty sure that uh, Penelope Ford won. And in the main event, and just let me say that getting to this main event, I'm really happy because the, the show was built well. I'm I'm glad this like this was a great way to finish off a good night of AEW. Ethan Page took on Darby Allen in a freaking coffin match and this was a sweet brawl right away and um one thing I want to call out a spot that I picked up was Darby Allen jumped out of the balcony um, on Ethan Page, and Ethan just caught him safely and did not lose his footing. That's pretty incredible, my friend. Oh, dude, Darby Allen's always had matches that make you go, is he human? Why is he still alive? I've never watched Yeah, I've... Yeah, Darby is really getting like getting over with me because this guy really fucking delivers. You were saying he was an Evolve. Yeah, like there was the matches that Evolve Revolver and stuff like where he would he would do stuff that make you go, "Wow, how is this man not dead?" Like it's just like yes, a fire monkey getting like the piping and doing the moon salt. Off of the metal piping. Um, let's see what else. Uh, getting bent like a fucking twig on the steel steps and still surviving. Speaking of which, <laughs> and speaking of which, that's an excellent segue. I'm going to take the segue when I can. Ethan Page gave Darby Allen a top rope razor's edge onto the steps, which was absolutely incredible. And ultimately, Darby Allen picked up the win and then kept off his win by hitting the coffin drop into the coffin, which was a fucking incredible sight to see and that was an incredible night at AEW which I have nothing bad to say about I believe they're doing that dude because it's not to I'll put this this isn't to say that, you know, oh, since they've already had crowds. No, dude, AEW's not lacked on anything. You gotta give their company credit for getting, like I said, not good review. I love doing this to folks. This is why they're getting where they are right now, because discussing and wrestling, yes, you're gonna mention, of course, for those who want variety, Ring of Honor, NWA, uh, you know, WWE, but now that they had a consistent showing, I think that's a good step forward for them. Now let's see if they can keep it going. <laughs> yeah, bro. 
it, it was a pretty, yeah. pretty solid show. I enjoyed AEW this week. Um, I think that they're they must be listening to Jim Cornette or somebody because they're taking some cues and they're doing pretty well. And I'm not gonna be a guy who splits hairs and says something's bad when it's not. And the show's delivering, man. It wasn't like I said, it wasn't terrible for me. I mean, I may differ opinions on certain things, like Britt Baker. Like I told you, if I pick up a microphone, or not just I, but if anyone was to pick up a microphone, let me say this, as a professional, let me word it like this. As a professional was to pick up a microphone and had been trained and had, was able to uh, re, or express their words in a way that Britt couldn't, there's, there's been comparisons to... Oh, but she reminds me of this, or oh, she reminds me of that. Look, there's only one Brit. Like, there's only one Shawn Michaels. There's only one CM Punk. Am I comparing her to those two? Fuck no. Because I am waiting for the day when someone comes along, picks up a microphone, and goes, Hi, nice to see you. Let me put you in your place and let you crawl from the hole that you came out of. I'm not a fan of hers, but it's just, I gotta give the devil it's due and say congratulations you did a promo whoopty fucking do let's see you constantly do this girl and kick ass okay <laughs> I don't know bro I think that Britt's doing a good job and I think she's stepping up and delivering and I think it putting the belt on her is a good choice and you know not much else is going on in that women's division well, dude, she's the only thing carrying it, though. I'm just saying, like, she's the only fucking thing carrying that godforsaken, lackluster women's division. i sorry. Even if ODB traipses onto their roster, it would not it would not make a fucking difference because the Japanese talent there isn't all that great. But, but I will say this. If it wasn't for Brandy, if it was not for Britt, if it wasn't for certain people carrying that fucking roster, then it really... Wouldn't care, but that's side family. So, folks, I just decided to come up with this lovely idea. Are we, are we wrapping up AEW? We're still on AEW, my friend. You know, bro. I think that we covered it. I'm excited for next week, and um, I think that's uh, pretty much it for that. I'm good. All right. So let's see here. All right, folks, we got this. Lovely hot foot fuck take, you know, uh, between Pizza Simpson and I. Last week was a trial and error of the show. So allow me to introduce you to this lovely segment. It's kind of like a game show, folks. Got to embrace the awesomeness that is. One hot take, Pizza Simpson. Let's get ready for this lovely, amazing rendition. First time ever. No trial and error this week. We got... Questions and three minutes on the clock. So, without further ado, let's play one hot take. Get ready. All right. So, pizza station is near the clock ready. So, from 
633 Central Time. Let us discuss what the latest happenings in professional wrestling are. So I'm going to start you off with this question. Since a lot of people have spoken about this, a lot of sources have covered this, Goldberg's return to Okay, I'm WWE. ready. Yes, Goldberg's return to WWE, my friend. Yuck. Okay, that's my question. Okay, well, that's total bullshit, and I think that Goldberg is a cheap fill-in for Brock Lesnar, and they wanted Brock Lesnar, and they couldn't get him, so Bill Goldberg Goldberg is the next best thing, and um, I think it sucks because Bobby Lashley has been wanting a match with Brock Lesnar the whole time, and it seems like he is never going to get it. That's my answer. Moving on. Question two. Question two. <clears throat> AEW reaches over one million viewers on their viewership. Go. You know, I think that that's a good sign for them. Um, I think they got that viewership because they are maintaining um, consistent shows and that time slot is a little bit easier for people to watch because it's during the week and at a primetime hour, and people want an alternative from sports or a movie, so the Wednesday time slot really helps, and AEW is adding surprises. Um, Christian Cage showed up. Paul White showed up. um, Andrade showed up, so they're kind of hot right now. Next question. All right, so the question, the last question would be, how do you feel about Aleister Black's or Malachi's Black technicality signing with AEW since he was signed because of his non-compete clause with WWE? Do you think that was a blessing or a curse? I think that was a blessing because he is a good talent who's been sitting dormant for too long, and if he's not gonna work for um, WWE, if he's not gonna work for WWE, let him go and let him work as soon as possible so he can make a living because he is a good talent. He has a buzz. He has a spooky vibe. He has a lot of things going for him, and he is a benefit. If you're not going to use him, just let him go. So the 30-day the, – the technicality was a blessing in disguise because he doesn't have to sit for too long. He could just get to work, and he could help that show. And him being on that show has, I think, paid dividends. It has contributed to the success of the company and the success of the show, and it gives it an element of surprise, and you kind of – do feel like who's going to show up next? Boom. All right, folks. That was one hot take with Pizza Simpson. Next week will be yours truly, the rambling, bambling baboon. Baboon. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to insult myself. <laughs> Wait, I just did. All right, so yeah, how did you be, how, how did you on that, bro? Like, was that was that sufficient? <laughs> oh my God, yes, it was efficient. It was good explanations. I felt like I was at a press conference, dude, for real. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like really good, man. You made your points. You were concise. You were very accurate. You gave a great answer. Thank you. Thank you. A good point. 
Yes. So let's see here. Oh. Okay. So with with I okay. Let me just read the. Uh, okay. Let me just say before off the rails uncensored. Wow. Whoa! Don't skip my don't skip my slice of pizza, homie. I was going to say, wow, I accidentally almost skipped over my buddy's segment. See, I have slip-ups too, man. I have slip-ups too. Okay, so let's just say this. Welcome to the new segment on Russell Radio Network. Any formidable opinions are not reflections on any of the companies mentioned in this segment. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please message us directly at Russell underscore radio on Instagram or message pizza directly on his Instagram. All right, enough of the formalities. Let's get to it. Slice of pizza. returned from a long vacation and got to watch a lot of deathmatch wrestling so let me just jump right into it the one show that I was definitely looking forward to watching was GCW's Tournament of Survival 6 Six, six. The show picks up right away with GCW champion Nick Gage calling out Zack Ryder. We, as we all know, later that weekend, Zack Ryder, or I'm sorry, Matt Cardona um, returned Nick Gage's challenge during his match that weekend. But get moving on, the first round of the Tournament of Survival was Effie versus G. Raver. This was Effie's first uh, time in the Tournament of Survival, and this was tough right off the bat. This got this got to breaking glass right away, and Effie ate a choke slam through light tubes, but came back with a uh, blockbuster onto glass. Raver picks up the win onto Meteor. Uh, Raver picked up the win with a meteora onto light tubes. This was a good match to to start the show, and this was a great showing by Effie. And speaking of first time showings, the one called Manders was taking on Atticus Kogar, and 
um, Atticus picks up the win with a top rope headlock driver, which was really funny because Manders had a big giant ass head. A match. Moving on, the, the a match that I was looking forward to, Nolan Edwards versus Oren Veidt. Nolan Edwards is a guy that I see on every one of these shows, and he is a he is a workhorse, putting in just just countless excellent matches. And Oren Veidt is a crazy person who bleeds a disgusting amount every single time. And let me tell you, Brian, this got super gross real quick, real quick. Nolan took a bunch of glass right away, then a tumbleweed into glass, and then a lot of glass right away. Blood, blood, blood. Then we saw a gory bomb onto a board of knives. Nolan picked up the win with... Um, his move onto glass, obviously. So if you can't, if you haven't picked up what I'm saying, there's a lot of glass on this show. Bam Sullivan from Matt Tremont's H2O promotion was taking on longtime deathmatch Staleworth um, Alex Cologne. Alex, there was we, we saw Alex Cologne giving Bam Sullivan a falcon arrow into a bunch of glass. Uh, like I told you, a bunch of glass. And then Alex picks up the win with a Spanish fly on the tubes. <laughs> so the next round, Alex Colon took on Nolan Ryan in a Taipei death match. A Taipei death match is a match where the your hands are dipped in glass and they punched each other in the face with glass-dipped fists. Atticus, Coug- Atticus Kogar versus Alex Cologne in the finals, which was a 400 tubes, um, light tubes match, which was disgusting, disgusting. Like I told you, there was a lot of glass broken, and Alex Cologne picks up the win and will cha- picks up the win, and this is his third tournament of survival, and he will challenge Nick Gage in a later date, which was, let me tell you, my friend, this was a wild, wild fucking show. I have a a bit more to tell you in the world of Deathmatch Wrestling and some independent news with little Ring Ring of Honor updates. Trainwreck Wrestling had their summer sickness tour and um this was you know your normal death match affair that spread over two nights but i want to share with you guys in the 20 years or however long i've been i've been watching wrestling um i saw a man get his crotch doused in lighter fluid and then set on fire. Yes, his dick was set on fire. And <laughs> and instead of just putting it out with normal means, they tried to use a uh, weed walker, and, of course, that didn't work. So that was pretty dis- – yeah, that was probably the most insane thing I've ever seen. So in the finals, John Wayne Murdoch picked up the win. 
and won the tournament of survival. I mean, sorry, the Southern Sickness Cup for Trainwreck Wrestling, which let me tell you that which leads me into John Wayne Murdoch had a wild, wild, wild main event. I mean, main event week weekends for ICW starting off in starting off for their Fourth of July weekend. Dan Moff beat Akira in a war. Dan Moff, Dan Moff is a longtime East Coast indie guy, and Akira is a new and up and comer that I'm I'm sure that I've said the name of several several times. In a absolute fucking war, Akira eats a power bomb, eats multiple power bombs, excuse me, and then a burning hammer onto. Ch- Burning hammer. Uh oh. We cut out. <coughs> My friend, where art thou? Are you there? Ladies and gentlemen, we're experiencing technical difficulties, obviously, they on Russell Radio Network. Yo, yo, yo. Are you back? Okay, cool. Did you hear me? Cool. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, we are back. We will just edit that out. Excuse me with the technical difficulties. Joey Murdoch defends his championship against Joey Murdoch. <laughs> Joey Murdoch defends his championship against Jeff Cannonball in a great fight at the Pit Fighter event, which led us to the next event where John Wayne defends his title again against Dan Moff, who was instantly instantly challenged by Eric Ryan who who is representing the 440 faction out of Ohio John Wayne Murdoch is doing everything he can to deliver to deliver high quality death matches and hold on to the American Deathmatch Championship after John, after Eric after Eric Ryan brings out a shopping cart filled with glass tubes and there was so much cancer dust in the fucking air the, the um, um um this was stopped by outside interference by the 440 faction and the rejects which led us to the next weekend bro this is not this is not over the rejects has defend as they try to defend their honor against 440 in a six man tag which was also disgusting and after a gigantic Canadian destroyer off something onto glass, Eric Ryan sneaks in and steals the pin from John Wayne Murdoch. I think that Eric Ryan is ca- is closing in on the Deathmatch Championship. And in Ring of Honor news, they returned back to pay-per-view, and they saw title changes where Bandito defeats Rush for the Ring of Honor Championship. Dragon Lee defeats Tony Deppin for the TV championship and Homicide and Chris Dickinson picks up the title, picks up the tag titles with all the belts changing hands for Ring of Honor except one. That is your independent wrestling news from what I've watched, my friend. That was amazing. The part of the, I sorry I get distracted, but I heard the part about 
lighting someone's crotch on fire. Whew, we, you know, I'm not, I've seen death matches, um, tidbits of it at Revolver, but never have I been, have I been a part of a, well, partnered with someone that reports death matches and describes them the way. That's a fucking amazing job, dude. <laughs> I love it. Man. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you, brother, it was a lot of shows and a lot of reporting, and I missed a week, so I needed to come back with a vengeance. So I have a lot to say. And, uh, yeah, brother, that that one felt good. Uh, dude, it sounded like it was not only a great description of the whole entirety of the event, but I like how piece by piece you put it well put together, man. Well done. Thank you. Yes, sir. So I think it's that time, bro. <laughs> I'm smiling from ear to ear because I've been off the hinges, not off the rails. I've been on hinges. Getting ready to report shit to you all, the audience that is <clears throat> Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast. It was coined and phrased Off the Rails Uncensored, March 7, 2016. All or any reflections, all, all of this is opinion-based and somewhat biased. If you get offended by it, oh well, tough nuts. I cannot guarantee you will come out of listening of this show somewhat normal. But I guarantee you, you will be intrigued by how well I can ramble and bring it the fuck home. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, buckle your fucking seatbelts. Get ready for one hell of a mental trip you won't forget. Off the rails uncensored, cue the awesomeness that is, well, it's not really my music, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's do this. Monkey's in the truck. Let's get her started, shall we? I'm not going to piss on this establishment, but you can sure as hell sure you're going to all fucking dig it. How are you going to make him learn his lessons? 
You hit him where it hurts the most, man. Money in the pocket. We have winning championships. It's supposed to be reported that the Usos would make a comeback and win the tag titles and be the ultimate empire with Roman. Now they can't fucking do that. Or if they could, I'll be really fucking shocked. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you, paint a little picture for you. You've got guys like Shawn Michaels, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, guys, Jake the Snake Roberts, Scott Hall, and now Jimmy Uso. Dude, um, I don't know you personally, and this is just a plea. Quit fucking up, okay? You're a good fucking worker, man. Why you do this shit, it's, you know, I can't tell you how to live your life, but I'm going to fucking tell you right now. If those guys' names that I mentioned don't mean jack shit to you, here's what I'm going to fucking tell you, man. I've watched you from the very beginning of 2009 all the way up until now. And there's a fucking difference. You make your decisions you got in your life. That's fine. No one can control anyone's actions outside their own. But if you want to fuck shit up and keep fucking up, then fine. That's on you, brother. You want to sit and tell people that I'm fine. I can, I can, you know, negate the alcohol. Apparently, you fucking can't, man. Point two zero five as your blood alcohol level, really, dude. If what has somebody been at that red light that you ran? What has somebody? What if somebody was there? Wouldn't you have fucked that shit up? What if they died? Then you can't fucking work no more in WWE. You have to fire your ass. You're very fucking lucky, man. Do you know how many people would kill to be in the position you are? Like, people care about what you do. People seeing your career and seeing it start from the very beginning. Okay? Since FCW. Since, um, you know, the beginning stages of NXT, which you were never a part of, but... The reason why I titled the show, you know, is there any room to improve for WWE or AEW? I'm sure they got guys that do shit that's not too outlandish. I don't give a fuck if you smoke crack, cocaine, or do whatever. That's not any reflection on my show. I'm not condoning drug usage as long as you're not an asshole. I'm not saying Jimmy Uso is an asshole. I'm just saying out of all the guys that I mentioned, look at their comeback stories, brother. Look at their comeback story. Look at Shawn Michaels. Dude was a complete dickbag. As Jim Cornette puts it in Dark Side of the Ring, he was the prick. But I like Shawn. I'm going to be honest with you. I have never not liked Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. But he was in a dark fucking place, man. I, it's, not, it's not so much they care too much about this issue. It's the simple fact that when you've done it multiple times and the company has favorably put you in positions to win tag titles or, you know, intercontinental or even go for the world championship and even fall short. It's like they've given opportunities to people that have the, the, I wouldn't say maturity, but they, they're there, but they're not quite there. Jimmy Uso is not the rock. He's not his cousin Roman. But he's some fucking talent, and it eats me alive because I wish, with all my heart, dude, that my buddy, Kurt Gannon, or myself, or any other indie worker would have the opportunity to, opportunities that have been afforded to you because we ain't got look. Well, that's why Kurt's got look. But the point is, you've been given opportunities, my friend, 
and you don't really seem to grasp the severity of it. Maybe you do. I haven't, like I said, I don't know Jimmy personally, but I have seen the beginning to now of his career and how they've evolved the Usos. They are a damn good tag team. But because Jimmy's so fucking reckless and not paying attention, this is the shit that can eat you fucking alive. Why? It doesn't matter if you drink. It does when you're on the level of anything. Ring of Honor, WWE. I don't think New Japan will allow you to drink until after the match is over and you have a good time with the boys. But what I'm getting at is be responsible, dude. That's what I'm fucking getting at because this is irritating for those of us, even I'm sure Pizza would love to get involved in some capacity uh, at the pro level someday. That's the goal for every one of us involved even in podcasting if we act like drunken fools on air. I'm not going to mention names, but I have had that happen in the past. Okay? I have. It's not, It's going to make you look like a complete and total ass later in the future. I love what uh, Jake the Snake said at the beginning of Dark Firing. Do you know how hard it is to wake up every day knowing how much of a piece of shit you are? Not just to yourself, but the entire world. I'm also going to quote Jake the Snake on this too, because he said it at his unspoken word tour. He said, uh, takes a great deal for me sometimes to get up in the morning, but I thank God and everyone around me that they taught us. He goes, whatever you do, folks, don't shut your door on addicts. Don't shut your door on alcoholics. They'll lie to you. They'll steal from you. But don't fucking shut the door like on Jimmy Uso. I'm not shutting the door on the poor bastard, but I'm going to tell you right now. This fucker has got me all kinds of pissed off. Not at the fact that he drinks. I don't give a fuck what you do. But when you've got a professional career that people dream of having and you doing this shit to fuck shit up, really? Really, dude? 0.205? Your ass should be in jail right now. They was bonded you out for $500. And that's cool, man. That's cool. You keep fucking shit up. Because there's like so many fucking things that I would love to and others would love to do, including, you know, the sentiment of I wish I had the opportunity or wish I could lift weights. Well, I wish, I wish, I wish. Turn your shit around, man. I'm not perfect. No one is. It's not just about me. It's about the people that watch you. Little kids. That's who you're doing this shit for. And really, you want to have the nerve to sit there and just act like you know you know what you did. No one's fucking perfect. No one, no one can sit there and say, I have lived a perfect life. I have never drank a drink in my whole fucking life. And I'm going to be honest with you. It takes a great deal for me to rip into someone that I uh, don't care about. No, I do. This is not being dramatic. This is being dead honest here. Hell, even Ric Flair had first moments where he just felt like, uh, well, I need to go drink or I need to do this. It's landed. Landed Rick in the hospital a couple of times, brothers. 
Okay, brothers and sisters, for those who know Rick and seeing what he's capable of, I just want to point out the following. When you're in professional wrestling, you're to adhere to a fucking code, man. That code is do whatever the fuck you want. No. Represent your company. Fuck yeah. And three, enjoy what you're doing because life ain't guaranteed to be lived forever. So, Jimmy Uso, you must be the cat with a thousand or a million lives. Do us all a favor. Stay alive, man. Keep entertaining because I believe in the sense of second chances, third chances, hell, even fourth or fifth chances. <clears throat> because there's a point in everyone's life when we all fuck up at one point. We all make amends at one point. But you ain't at the point where you're making amends. You're making shit worse. So I'm not going to spend the entirety of this show talking about Jimmy Uso because people give two fucks less about the issue because they've seen it and heard it before. Now it's just a matter of Jimmy Uso found dead. I don't want it to reach that point. I'm sure that there are those who don't want him to reach that point. So what's the what's the ultimate payoff or solution to this? You know, the punishment is like they're not supposed to – he's not supposed to win in tag titles now with his brother. That's a lot of punishment that no one fucking ever. Yeah, they don't have a choice to pull his ass from TV because, God forbid, you can't pull one of the guys that you're going to pull from the story now that he just came back. Outside of the Jimmy Uso story, there's a potential signing that has me happy for AEW. So I'm going to segue out of uh, the Uso discussion for just a tidbit, and then I'm going to go back to it towards the leg, you know, so it's the latter half of the fucking show. But um, there's a potential that Brian Danielson will be fucking signing with AEW fairly quickly, and I don't blame him because he's already had his run in WWE. He's already been known as the guy that could carry the torch after John Cena left, and it's just like, okay, so he's already made, he used to be, when he started out in the company that he had worked for, I mean, he started out Ring of Honor, he started out, you know, doing some minute shit, but if AEW gets a hold of this guy, I'm begging and pleading with them, please do him right, because he's not just the Rudy from Notre Dame story, you know, the movie Rudy. He's not just that guy. He's this he could actually help elevate AEW into something bigger than what it's already become. Yes, I know those of you who cite Chris Jericho's theme during the fucking show, yes, they had a wonderful show this week, but if they sign Daniel Bryan, or whatever name he decides to go by I can just let me just point this out for you folks. This guy's been wrestling for over 20 plus years. He helped develop Evolve. Um, he helped develop NXT. He helped develop a lot of shit. And he's a great signing because not just to elevate the company, but to help the younger talent. There was talent on AEW Dark. The talent on Elevate. So. 
there is a lot of people who don't want him signed. Fuck you. There are people that out there on certain message boards that I've seen as unfortunately a part of uh, the group that I'm in. Bronx Bomber Pride basically stated that this person stated that he's over you. I lost you lost me at Daniel Bryan. I believe he's the most overrated, overhyped superstar. That's fine. That's your opinion. So overhyped means you didn't headline WrestleMania 30. You didn't hug Connor, who was you know deceased. You didn't make impact. I mean, the the amount of draw that a Daniel Bryan is, or a Roman Reigns, or a Shawn Michaels, or a like <clears throat> Diamond Dallas Page, Adam Hangman Page, doesn't matter. His name is going to help that company out a shit ton. Because instead of the regulars fucking it up and tearing shit up and making things great, now if you add Malachi Black and Brian Danielson and Andrade El Idolo to that mix and Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho and MJF, holy shit. You have what you like, John Mox. They're already a star-studded cast. But if you add him, that's the icing on the fucking cake. That's just my personal take on it, folks. You can disagree with me all you want, but if Daniel Bryan gets, which he most likely will, yours truly will not jump ship, but I will pay attention to both companies to be fair. And if I'm being dead honest with you, that'll draw my attention to AEW because, no offense, the shit that they're doing now, I've caught some on replay, and to be fair, I have not watched nothing but replays of AEW and some of their replays are painful to get through because boy do they need some brush ups on some technical shit not just not the fucking lock ups not the drop kicks it's not the well they botched this they botched that it's their match placement it's their delivery on promos it's a lot of shit that needs done but what who am I to fucking criticize right if Daniel Bryan gets signed to their company Guaranteed, I will be watching them. And I do not care what people say about him being overrated or him being overhyped. That's just a cry for I jealous or you're jealous of a guy who literally <clears throat> came from the ground up and worked his ass off. To get where he's at. Do you know how many wrestling companies would love to have his or acquire him for less money? I can name a few. Ring of Honor, New Japan. Well, hell, it wouldn't matter. And even if he went to Impact. And this is a fantasy warfare that I would love to fucking come true. Imagine Omega, Moxley, and Brian Danielson. Holy ball. I will mark the fuck out for that match. Or even better, add Chris Jericho's ass to the mix. Jake Hager, I do not give a fuck. To be honest with you folks, yes, I razz a lot on AEW because I fucking want them to do well. I want WWE to do well. And you know something? It's about damn time that WWE did try like they did on Smack. They always try on SmackDown Live, but <clears throat> minus a few stars and names, they're really struggling. If they would have if they would have done 
with Daniel Bryan was what they were supposed to do. I don't know what they're supposed to do, dude. To be quite honest with you, I just am glad that he's fucking still working. The family man now. Outside of Daniel Bryan signing with AEW, what impact he made, I feel that the one other big thing that I was going to tell you about is the fact that it seems like <clears throat> people have found solace in signing with a new company. So, with that being said, what I mean, they when you sometimes you have to leave a toxic environment. And I've heard this a lot from WWE being a an environment in which you feel like you're walking on eggshells, according to Renee Paquette, or better known as Renee Young. And Renee, I love her to death. And um, Moxley, I've quoted many times on this show as saying, um, it's all due with VKM and... How sometimes his his way his style of thinking use Jedi mind tricks to allow you to do certain things you don't want to or feel comfortable with. In AEW, it's more or less got the laid back atmosphere where superstars feel not superstars, but they're referred to in their company as wrestlers. Now some outside talents or independents. May tell you otherwise, like it's not that good of a show. Um, you know, my friend and I, Kurt Danner, we speak a lot of back and forth about sometimes NXT, sometimes AEW. I think the inevitable fucking difference between the two is one, one is afraid to actually pull the trigger, which is correct, that'd be WWE. And then you've got a company that pulls it and gets trigger happy. AEW. I can give you examples of that. Like the cage match of death. Like, holy fuck. I mean, they got to have color in that. There's no doubt about it. You have to have fucking color. But consecutive guys, you know, like the war games concept that they had going on. That's not just the WWE thing, man. That was a theme for WCW. That was a theme for NWA. But... What I'm getting at is people feel more loose in one company because some people feel like, wow, I just signed. I'm happy to sign. I'm going to touch base with that. Sometimes when you start out in professional wrestling, it's like I'm happy to be here. I can't believe I'm going to be performing in front of 200 people or – In my case, or in others' cases, it's going to differ because I have not been involved with either WWE or AEW, but from what I've heard from other people, it's a mix. It depends on the person. So feeling loose in the locker room, I guess you could say, is the next tidbit I'm going to discuss with you. Whether you know you're in AEW or WWE, just all I ask is that you entertain us. I don't care what locker room politics go on. Please don't overdo that shit. Wink, wink. AEW, which they haven't. They have not been doing that on promos lately. They've not been jabbing like they were before. And WWE. 
continue to let loose, man, because your audience is your bread and butter. you damn right, because people want to see you. We haven't seen you in a year. Just continue the, you know, the awesomeness that you are, and just um, all I ask is that you don't do stupid shit booking-wise, which is asking probably a lot. Because they'll, the more we contest and argue and oh, we don't want to see it, they're going to do it. <laughs> so, oh, yes, what was my point? Yes, being loose in the locker room. There's a lot of talk about WWE being, you know, like walking on eggshells. That could probably be because they have to adhere to a strict format because they've been sued so many goddamn times. It's kind of hard to add color in their matches. Oh, my God, I don't want my son Jason watching the matches. OMG. Well, then don't fucking turn it on, you stupid. And two, the reason why, and this is just my outside opinion on this, okay? The reason why you don't see too many objects or blood or shit that you would soon turn on TNT or whatever network AEW landmarks from, obviously since they went back to TNT because, boy, when they stepped away from that network, not a lot of people were too intrigued or enthralled by what they were trying to present. Yes, they had a good show because they're, as some people have put it, their atmosphere is a lot more laid back. They are free to do whatever they want within reason. No, dude. They, they too have to have structure. They also have to be told, okay, this is what works. This is what doesn't. Out of all this psycho ramble, psycho babble, from, I'm going to tell you his, I don't give two fucks what either does. I just want to be entertained. That's it. I just want to turn on the program and be like, okay, cool. This is what AEW is doing. I flip it over to USA or Fox, whichever night it happens to be on, and be like, all right, cool. This is what WWE is up to. Cool. Whatever. And I'm going to leave it as if any of you so much as mention what the other company is doing, I don't give two. Because I know you guys are all best friends. I know you all. Uh, are probably close with one another, some maybe not so than others, but this is just thought process on the whole thing. We're about to go back to live crowds. Hopefully that shtick stays. Can either one of you do us a solid and just present a show. That's it. That's all I have. I know that was all over the place and probably made you go, what the fuck is he talking about? But I really, at this point, folks, am running on fumes because I got off work at one. So I'm going to be honest with you. I at least kept shit together in a, in a subject matter. Now, like I promised you, the last 13, 13, yeah, unlucky number 13 minutes of this show. I'm going to revamp the whole Jimmy Uso issue. So I've already mentioned how many big names have uh, probably reached out to this fucker about keeping his nose 
you know, keeping keeping on straight and narrow. More to it than that, man. Um, when you are si- when you signed the contract and you knew what you were getting into, I'm pretty sure you got road stories and fun shit happened when you're drunk. But now it just it looks bad. It really does. From what my partner and I have seen of the Usos in the past. There was never, there never really was any reports of him. I mean, there were, but not as bad as the current reports. Don't get why human behavior is like this. Don't intend to know why. I do my research before I report shit because I find it important to. And when I saw um, what had happened, the reason why I'm so upset is because, not to make this entirely about moi, I'm sure there are others that have lost people to drunk drivers, but I lost a friend to somebody with the alcohol level that Jimmy Uso had. So, yes, that's my biggest thing, dude, is, like, I'm not going to dwell in my past either, but you need to understand, like, you know, it's not about what we say here, what you, what you actually listen to. You know, it's like, I got this, Uso, or... You know, you can say or however many promises you have and, you know, left in your pocket. But I can't tell you um, what makes me more upset is the fact that it just seems like it's, it's a recurring thing. That's why I'm upset. Like, you don't have no remorse. You know, I don't know if he has no remorse, but it feels like you don't have any remorse. And I'm not you know, negating or going back on what I'm saying. So, really, at this point, <clears throat> I've already expressed to the whole entire world that's listening to this show, or maybe not, but I'm not going to hold back. I'm just going to tell it like it is. It's There are wrestlers that have come and gone, that have gone on to do bigger things like Hollywood or modeling or gone into sports. Do you think it'd be a good idea for them, dude, if they just to hop, you know, hop into a car, drunk as a skunk, and run through a light? Which you could have been, that car could have been fucking damaged. Like fucking, you going fifty in a thirty-five? I've sped myself. My <laughs> the speeding part of it, I don't care. Okay, because I've gotten tickets before. Not about me. It's about discussion of one Jimmy Uso. So. Speeding is one thing, but it's another thing to run a light. As I mentioned before, if you run into someone or if a pedestrian was crossing the street or if you run into a car, point blank period, man, quit fucking shit up, dude. There's a lot of uh, drama already going on with the whole uh, signing or error on Aleister Black's contract and People leaving, wanting to leave left and right from WWE because shit's hitting the fan. To be honest with you, I mean, they're they're the WWE is one big wheel, and you're just another spoke on the wheel. They can easily replace you. That's not that's not a, a thing because they cannot easily replace you. They could easily switch the bookings over to okay, let's turn Kevin Owens heel, or. Um, Let's move this person into the story. Let's fit him into the story somehow. 
That's just how they fucking operate, in my opinion. Okay? It's just an outside opinion of how they fucking work. I mean, they got production crews and writers, like 20 college kid writers who know nothing about pro wrestling, but yet they write a wrestling show. And they could easily say, okay, let's write him off TV. They could have easily said, well, you got to suffer the consequences, kid. You're not getting the opportunities that were afforded to you. They can't pull this fuck from TV because if they do, that fucks up the entire, not just the story with Roman, but the Usos were supposed to be the fucking cohesive unit that they've been for years. They really, I mean, look at it. Tag team landscape in WWE. You've got Eric and Ivar, and they've got the Street Profits, and they've got Otis and Chad Gable, and they also have Big E and Shinsuke from time to time. Kofi and Xavier Woods. This has never been a non-tag team issue. But this is the fucking thing. When people screw up, they're held accountable for what they do. This dude, I'm sure, is probably going to be held accountable, and it's going to be a different kind of punishment, supposedly, so they say, which I think is a crock of shit. It's not up to moi. It's not up to Pizza Simpson. It's not up to Joe Blow off the street as to what Jimmy Uso could suffer as far as punishment. I don't give a fuck what he does, dude. As long as he fucking <clears throat> wakes up one day and goes, okay, yeah, I, you know, I screwed up. This is, you know, this is on me. I'm pretty sure he knows what he did. I'm pretty sure his father has gotten on to him about it. I'm pretty sure that it's a dis- it's not just a disappointing thing, but if you're if you've ever been involved in professional wrestling in some capacity, and I've mentioned this before, there are certain codes of conduct that you hold accountable. It's called self-reliance and self-accountability. Dude, if you say it, it's gonna it just seems like you're blowing hot air. No one's fucking perfect, but it it would be nice if we just turn on the TV and not have to worry about one fucking superstar that just falls out of line just because, like, oh, I'm getting an opportunity. I'm pretty sure got wind of, oh, yeah, you and your brother are going to be the new tag team champions. Let's fucking celebrate. Let's get drunk like, you know, motherfucker. And let's go celebrate and almost, uh, you know, almost end up in jail and on probation again. Motherfucker. Dude, I would kill to get in. I shouldn't say that extreme. I would go to extremes as to being sign a contract for wrestling to make more money than what I make now. Do you have any fucking clue what I would give to get in that ring and be either announcing or managing or wrestling or even being a referee? The the main frame of this discussion is if you don't see what your opportunities are and that have already been afforded to you, then you're fucking shit up, man. I have to point that out because if I don't, I'm going to eat my – I'm just not going to sleep well at night. And the other thing I'm going to mention is that at the five minutes I have left, 
is that from what I've discussed with you, is there room to improve for either WWE or AEW? The answer is yes, because one show doesn't prove it proves one thing for AEW. It makes them a proven company. No, they've been a proven company for the last almost three years. For WWE, boy, you better get your shit together. Because you're going back to live crowds, and if I know better, if I know anything, when they are going to Madison Square Garden for SmackDown Live, that crowd can be really brutally honest. Any crowd in the East Coast can be really brutally honest. So get your shit together. Keep doing what you're doing for SmackDown Live, because you guys are actually doing the thing with the thing. Raw? I don't know. That's kind of a cake that needs some icing, needs some flour, needs some eggs. It needs all the fucking trimmings to make it better. Just saying. Oh, yes. And to traipse back to what I've been blathering on about for the last million years, it seems like. Rehabilitation for Jimmy Uso? No, because he's a functioning alcoholic. That's what he fucking is. Two, he says no drink, really. So you go to the gym and then just because you want to knock off a few. I'm not knocking you for drinking, brother, but like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the fifth, according to this report, man, this is the fifth DUI that you have been arrested for. And also, there's time when you actually resisted arrest. How smart when you've got cuffs on. I'm just saying. I'm not mentioning your shortcomings. I'm telling you. That's not the representation that the company you work for wants. That's very... (laughs) I love mentioning this. That's very MLB, NFL, NHL. It doesn't matter. Because there are people that have DUIs, DWIs. Do they get caught? Yes. It doesn't matter if you're a wrestler or any other form of celebrity, we all pull shit that needs to, you know, eventually be fixed. No one's fucking perfect. And I'm sure your relatives have reached out to you and said, hey, we care a great deal about you. We know you're not a big name. We know if if your name gets mentioned um, at the table, it's not going to be a wow you hear see what that Jimmy Uso did on SmackDown Live. I'm not trying to be a complete dickbag, but I'm just being fucking honest with you folks. His name is not well known unless, oh, did you hear about that wrestler? He didn't even get his name mentioned. And this is among other friends outside of Pizza Simpson and myself. So with two minutes left, the two-minute warning of Austin Rails Uncensored, I don't have any fucking fancy intro to play for you all, but I am going to tell you this. On this show, there is no filter. There is a form of expressionism or expressionism that should be expressed and not be held back like it had been before. So here's what I can tell you. Yes, Shawn Michaels and Jake the Snake Roberts were all about the high life and just living it up. And the only difference between those two names and Scott Hall, for that matter, um, that I have mentioned is that they eventually sought help. They 
corrected their lives on their own. And I'm pretty sure Jimmy Uso will straighten up and do as best he can. But to be honest with you, it's going to fucking happen again. And this time, rather, I don't know how it's going to pan out for him. And I really, you know what, it's, it's not up to my discretion to be, like, keeping up with his life. But I'm going to close out with this. In the world, in this crazy sport we call pro wrestling, it's very lonely. You don't have very many uh, outlets to talk to, so there's two sides to wrestling. One is where you feel like you're married to it, because it's a very love-hate relationship. And two, there's the dark side of it, the side where most people aren't really introduced to it. And that side, unfortunately, I think Jimmy has tapped into where instead of turning to the fucking peers and going out with them and being responsible and doing whatever the fuck he needs to to uphold a good image or whatever, no one's fucking perfect, like I mentioned a zillion times, he turned to fucking being an idiot. So is there time for him to turn around? Yeah. There is. That's that's my belief is that he can turn shit around, but right now I'm kind of losing face. And I apologize for being the bulk of the discussion on Jimmy Uso, but I had to get that shit out there, man, because if I didn't, I'm going to go fucking crazy. But I really care about everyone that's involved in this in this shit we call – in this sport we call wrestling because it's something I love more than waking up and going to a job that um, I, I make money, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave it at that. So, all right. <clears throat> If you didn't like what good old Brian Rails or Pizza Simpson had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And be sure to tune in on Wednesday for Brian Rails' uh, Russell Radio Network segment on his normal time, 10 Eastern, 9 Central, and also join Pizza Simpson and myself. Uh, times will vary. Times to be decided on Friday or Saturday evening or afternoon, be sure to call in at 213-943-3422. Any send outs or uh, anything else? No, bro. That was a good show, man. That was a good welcome home show. I feel the same, too. It's been a while since I blathered on. But anyways, <laughs> contact through Wrestle underscore radio directly message us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Yours truly will be in Nashville next week. Holy shit. I will be in Nashville uh, visiting a good friend of mine. Um, had him on the show a couple of times, Luke Cage. So uh, he's invited me to his show. So I, I'm excited and also kind of uh, – I've got a question mark. He knows it. Well, I'll do you good, brother. It's like, yeah, okay. I'm being serious. Like – I don't know what to expect from Luke's show. I will definitely take pictures. All right? So um, without further ado, folks, I'm going to outro myself and pizza out so that we can enjoy our weekend. And uh, toodles, bitches. We got to enjoy Saturday because that's how this shit rolls. All right? All right. Now, monkeys in the truck, can you please, please, pretty please, with a cherry on top, hit my hit hour. Be nice. Our music. Take it.